Hello, everybody. This is Gary Kay, and you are watching a special edition of my Rants and Raves podcast. Uh, we're going to do some ranting and some raving today. Of course, all of our podcasts, we use all Tascam gear to do all of our podcasting because they make the best podcasting stuff. That's why it sounds so good on your end there, Paul Harris. Paul Harris is the, uh, the uh, founder and CEO of Aurora Multimedia. Paul, how are you? How you doing? Thanks for having me today. Thanks for uh, joining me today. We're talking about Infocom a lot. Um, you're in Booth, the Central Hall in Booth 2146. Um, Aurora is one of the pioneers and founders of the AV over IP movement. Um, you have uh, multiple flavors of AV over IP, and we've done a podcast and a video cast on that in the past. And of course, you can go to your website and learn all about it. But today, you're going to do a big launch on uh, Rave Radio. Talk about that for a second. Okay, so today, uh, one of the things that we're going to be introducing at Infocom is uh, a new control engine called Reax. It's spelled R-E-A-X. And one of the big differences with Reax is it is a JavaScript-based control engine. So there is nothing proprietary about it whatsoever. We can run it in Linux. We can run it in Windows. We can run it in little tiny small ARM processors. Uh, the premise behind it was to standardize so that way everything, including the touch panel pages that people use, are all based on standards. No special schooling needed, tons of libraries out there. Uh, but the biggest innovation to it is the fact that it's not just an Aurora product and our control engine. We're actually starting the Reax uh, organization, which is going to allow other manufacturers to utilize the technology as well. So for the first time, we're going to have interoperability of not just protocol, but of the syntax as well as the actual control engine itself. So it won't be exclusive to Aurora. So why are we doing this? Good question. Yeah, so, well, let, me, let, me, uh, let, me, let me stop you right there. So, so basically what you're telling me is that you're going to create a new control protocol sort of standard communications for controlling AV gear. Um, and... Is it going to be something, is it going to be open standard or are you going to make it available to other manufacturers? Is this something that's only going to be for Aurora Multimedia or tell me how that's going to be? It's going to be open. So what we're going to do is uh, while we do make uh, the tools, which you don't have to use our tools with this, they're just code generators. Um, primarily, we're going to start the organization and we're going to allow other manufacturers who are properly qualified. So what qualifies a manufacturer? Uh, in this case, we're being very protective. We want legitimate manufacturers who can properly support a control engine, give back to the React organization as far as methodologies, libraries, things of that nature. And it's going to, in essence, create kind of a, an ecosystem throughout the entire industry uh, that's not going to be limited to just what we do. I mean, we'll be able to tie into you know, Google and uh, Amazon uh, products that are doing automation. Uh, it's really unlimited what we're going to be able to do with it. So obviously it'll be compatible with Aurora products, but have you yes. talked to other manufacturers about adopting this? And, and uh, is this a hardware-based system, software-based system? How would they adopt it? And ha if you've talked to other companies, have they agreed it? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing like someone like Crestron is not going to adopt it because they have their own control protocol, but have you talked <coughs> to other companies out there who might be interested? Yes, we have talked to a few, and ironically, most everybody we talk to wants to jump on board. We haven't really had anybody say, no, nah, we're not really interested. Uh, it's actually been received extremely well. We've, we've run this by uh, consultants, uh, integrators, as well as uh, other manufacturers, and everybody's been extremely receptive to the idea. Uh, it's just that it's never been really done before, and what it does do is it gives a lot of the control back to the integrators and the end users. 
because now you don't need any special schooling um, for a programmer. Uh, you learn a proprietary system. That's all you know. That's it. You go to another company or you don't want to get out of the industry. What are you going to do with what you learn there? You're going to learn, you're going to do nothing with it. So it opens up that element. What's and, the programming language, by the way? Uh, it is going to be JavaScript, 100% JavaScript, server-side, client-side, HTML5. So even when you look at an interface, all it is is a kiosk browser with hooks to the real world. To the end user, it looks proprietary and closed and secured. But in actuality, what they're messing with is a web page that's been locked down. So okay, so are you going to give that away a reference design that other companies would use? Are you going to sell uh, you know, the, the, the hardware, the control hardware? Or what, how's that going to work? Okay, so glad you asked. Believe it or not, the board that goes inside our products is this big. So if you look at it compared to a quarter, you'll see it's a very tiny board. That is actually a little tiny one gigahertz Linux engine that will run not only the Reacts engine, but also runs our uh, control software that runs our SDVOE product as well as our uh, IP-based T product for the one gig and the 10 gig solutions. So that little board can actually go inside all our AV over IP products like our VLX or our IPX series. And once you put it into any one of the boxes or even the wall plates, yes, we have 10 gig wall plates. Um, and by the way, this one, we're going to be showing at Infocom. It's uh, the world's first 4K60. That's an SDVOE wall plate? Yeah. Yep, three gig. With a controller built into it? Yes. Yeah, see, there's see a the back, of the back of it. And when you remove this cover, not only will this card go into it, uh -huh. but even Extreme USB, which is even smaller, will go in as an option. It's got two option slots in here. Okay. So it's very expandable. But yeah, this one will do full 18 gig bandwidth on 10 gig. We're the only people in the world who can do this. And it will even run with uh, PoE. So, 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 so you put that control card, but you can put that in all your products. But you're saying that you're going to make that available to, say, uh, DVI gear or whoever else might be a manufacturer out there that doesn't Correct. have their own if control. They, if they meet the criteria, yes. As long as they're a legitimate manufacturer that can properly support uh, control. We don't want to just give it out to everybody like you see happening on the market where you end up with all these Me Too products where they slap a silk screen on, you see 10 of them on the market, and they all do the same thing. We're not looking for those type of partners. We want legitimate manufacturers who have control of what they do and could properly support it. Otherwise, what's going to happen quickly is people are going to buy it from one brand, and then it's going to be dismissed whenever an issue arises or they need support. So it's important so to So you don't want two-step manufacturers, companies that are buying from overseas and they, that company overseas sells it to five different companies. Exactly. So it's not to say that a company can't have another company build it for them, but ultimately it's got to be the legitimate manufacturer who is in charge of the Reacts engine itself. Um, we don't want this to just get out and we don't want to ruin the industry by just selling it to everybody and anyone. We're not looking to do that. The whole point of it is to make it better for the industry and to control how it develops and how it evolves. Now, if down the road it gets easy enough where anybody can use it, then I guess that day will come. But at first, it's more about making certain it gets off to a very good and solid launch. And that's important to us. So this, I mean, this is a, this is interesting. So I appreciate you breaking this on, on my uh, video cast. And, and you're saying reacts. How do you spell that? R-E-A? Capital R, lowercase e, capital A, capital X. And we have a cool logo because, as I told you earlier, can't have anything without a cool logo. So uh, <laughs> Got to have that going for you. And by the way, yes, all our existing products, yes, including our touch panels, got to plug my touch panels, um, and all my existing control lines, 
will all be upgradable to the new engine with an, a little micro SD card that goes inside of it, and they will all get the new engine in it when we fully uh, release this. Um, so even my existing product lines in the QX series uh, will all be upgradable to this new engine. Um, but yeah, so theoretically, someone who's out of college that knows JavaScript would be able to start doing programming of AV gear if you're using your your control engine. Absolutely. One of the brilliance of this thing is we have drag and drop tools, right? And it generates JavaScript code for you. We call it the core interface and the core uh, and the core code creator. And what happens with these tools is it generates a JavaScript that you can load in. Now, the beauty of it is normally when you use a proprietary control engine, when you compile code, it, you can't see it. You can't do anything with it. And mm -hmm. if it doesn't compile it correctly, you got to wait for the manufacturer to, to do something with it. When you do a JavaScript, it's a scripting language. So even if my code generator does it wrong, you can go into the code itself and actually correct anything. Mm -hmm. You could even say, you know what, their tool doesn't do this. We're going to just add additional code into it that will make it do something that we want to do, a fade effect, what, whatever it is. What's the security limitations of this, though? Because one of the issues with control systems is, you know, people hacking in from the outside as you connect more and more devices to the network. How oh, are you handling security? Oh, security is great. I mean, we're running it on Linux. I mean, how much more could secure than you can get from that? I mean, so it's only as secure as you set up your system. So it, it's, it's got Linux. So once you run it, it's a server running on Linux and you're bringing up a browser through it. So it's, it's as secure as the browsers and, and the Linux is uh, in general. So and, and, and do you, as secure as any other website from any of the large people. And so like, why, if I'm Crestron, why haven't I done this? Why, I mean, why haven't they come out with a product like this? Uh, why, why is it coming from you and not from them? And what's the sort of what's, what's going to be the, how are they going to shoot holes in this, I guess? Educate me. Um, there's not really many holes they could shoot into this thing. I mean, at the end of the day, the, their whole ecosystem and their control over the industry is their control system. So what they do is people have invested a lot of time and money into learning something very proprietary. They're the only ones who make it. They're the only ones you could buy a product from. Whether you love it or hate it, you got, that's what you have to do. If you're an end user, you got to use their specialty programmers. And if you're an integrator, you have to go for it and you got to be a certain size company to use it. And it kind of acts as an exclusion in a lot of ways. What we're actually doing is we're saying, look, you can use one day, you might like my control engine, but for its port count, but maybe my seven inch panel isn't doing it for you. So maybe the brand XYZ's touch panel is a better panel to use in the system. With my world, you can coexist all these things together and code that I wrote for one manufacturer will be 100% usable in another manufacturer's product. That's like trying to take Crestron and run it in AMX and vice versa, you can't do it. So this is stuff that you can even run in a projector, a display. Have you, speaking of which, have you talked to company manufacturers like display companies about I have, and they're very receptive to it i've even talked to switch companies as well ethernet switch companies because a lot of them run linux anything that really runs linux or windows i could run this thing on i mean is this the first time that, have you talked any are we gonna is this truly the first time you're announcing this when i publish this video cast uh yeah you're you're one of the first people to do it while there are some people in the background who know about it from a video cast element uh, yeah, are there some pending press releases that are floating out there for just Infocom press releases? If they release it when they're supposed to, this this is the first official announcement uh, that is actually containing this. Yeah. Well, I'm curious as to how the competition is going to react to this because, um, and you know, obviously you want people to watch this. I'm guessing to to possibly yeah. join your uh, join your alliance or what? What are you calling it? Yeah. Are you calling it an alliance or what do you? Uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be an organization that, uh, an alliance that's nonprofit 
Uh, it's going to be, you know, you can have founders, uh, contributors, and adopters. We're not rushing to just take everybody and anybody. It will become independent of Aurora. Uh, it will run itself. It'll accumulate libraries uh, for IRs and macros and everything else. It'll be a central repository. It's going to become its own entity. Does Aurora, think of us as kind of the Google to the Android. Yeah, do we have, a, do we have a, a stake in it? Yes. Are we looking to take a lot back from it? No. We, we, obviously, we're going to get certain elements back from it, but not at a degree where it's going to diminish what we're trying to actually do. But the only way this happens is somebody's got to start it and somebody's got to lead by example. We've invested into this and now we're leading by the example. And it's going to allow a lot of people to not have to be sucked into one company that has like a hold over them that they can't get out of because they're worried if they're going to be able to sell their product the next day. Um, this frees them of that and gives them choice. Look, at the end of the day, it's all about capitalism. Capitalism is a great thing. Uh, you, you, it's really done by, look, I may have developed it and you may like my engine one day. Somebody may come out with a better engine than me. Guess what my job is? To make a better engine than them. That creates uh, ingenuity. It creates, it makes the industry better. Capitalism, when used the right way, is a very good thing. It's not about always greed. It's about change. So when you put something like this into the hands of different manufacturers, look at what happened with the Android phone, okay? iPhone told everybody, this is how it has to be. And people bought into it. And there's a lot of peripherals that you got to pay licensing for. And they gouge their, their people that take, you know, more than the Android uh, thing. So they, they take licensing from it. And what happens is they own the market. Along comes Google. They throw Android in there, allow everybody to make peripherals, hardware, software, everything. And what happened? Android now dominates the market. It's been like that in history. Right. So, so are you at Infocom? Are you going to be showing this at Infocom and actively talking about it? Because I mean, yes. you have your own booth where you're going to be talking about your own products, but are you, is that going to be your sort of rollout and you're going to go around and talk to other manufacturers about joining this control Alliance or um, more or less, they're probably going to come to us. I got enough things to do in our booth. Um, but no, we are going to be showing it. We got a, a demonstration area to show the tools, to show the board, to show the product, to talk about it. Um, we're also introducing, like I said, a new um, world's first dual fiber uh, SDVOE product with dual OSDs, and we've upped the ante with that. We're showing a new one gig product that does simultaneous uh, both uh, fiber, copper, or dual coppers. Um, we're showing your one gig. By the way, your one gig product runs on what standard? Or what, what, how, what's the compression method? Uh, it's kind of a proprietary. It's like a cross between like a JPEG 2000 and a VC2. It's like okay. right in the middle. Um, okay. It's, um, you know, it, it does its job. It does it well. Um, uses only 5.8 watts of power. So it's extremely low power. Yeah, ours, I'm going to take a stab at that. Yeah, ours actually uses so little power and we don't need fans. So uh, we know who that's directed at on that one since they seem to be taking a lot of stabs at us these days. Well, um, I'm blown away. I'm uh, excited that you chose uh, this opportunity to launch this uh, Reacts. Am I pronouncing it right? Reacts? Reacts. Yeah, Reacts. It stands for Action Reaction, and uh, that, that's primarily what it's about. And it's an event-driven based system. Uh, there's more elements to it that we'll go over in our booth about what makes it innovative and different that goes even well beyond what I've described here. So actually what I'm describing here is only the very basic elements of it. It goes even deeper than that. but the show is more about seeing what do we ultimately want it. So this is an opportunity to not just say, here it is, this is what it is. This show is about listening to the end users, listening to the integrators, listening to other people who want to be part of it, 
and saying, this is where we need it to be. So when we do officially launch it, it is what everybody wants. It's not just shoving it down people's throats. So if it succeeds, great. We made a huge change in the industry. If it doesn't, it's still a win-win for us anyway, because it is our new control engine, which will be available regardless. And like I said, we put into any one of our, our HD-based T or IP products, it propagates through the entire network. That one little board will control an entire system. Or you drop a few of them in, you could segment the system. You could say, if this one fails, kick into this one and do redundancy. So it actually, it's a server, it's a master and a slave all at the same time at any time. So it's a very powerful engine. So again, Aurora Multimedia would be in the central, central hall, booth 2146. Uh, I'm definitely going to go by and check this out. I'm, I, I hope you guys do uh, because anytime, I mean, what you're talking about doing is significantly simplifying control. And I mean, you're going to, you already, you're kind of bringing on an enemy in a way because uh, the big, the big companies like Amex or Crestron have, you know, a hold over control because of their proprietary methodology, which has worked. I mean, let's, let's admit it. It's worked and it's, you know, it's, it's used by lots of campuses and lots of com companies all over the world. Um, but what you're saying is that you want to simplify it and make it a language that is, that opens it up to a lot more programmers rather than only custom based. Actually, I have a question about that. How do you, how do you um, react to someone who's invested a lot of time and money into becoming Crestron or AMX or, or, or for that matter, uh, Extron certified? and you dump this onto the market, what's your reaction to them? Because if they're making a lot of money just doing control programming, would this put them out of business or how do you see that future? No, actually this helps them a lot. Uh, program, look, programming's programming. Uh, what people don't appreciate about an integrator is it's not just, you know, anybody can say, well, I write code. When you're an AV integrator, I don't think people have a full appreciation of what really goes behind it. This is an interface. It's the way it communicates. There's a lot of customization going on. I'm not here to say it's going to revolutionize and make things faster. Code is code, no matter how you look at it. I know a lot of companies try to sell over the years. This is cloud-based. This is this. This is going to make your life a way more easier. No, at the end of the day, they're paying the end user for a customized system. Somebody's got to make an interface. Somebody's got to write the code that logically does what they want it to do. And that's a certain form of art. You've got to know how to talk to all the different peripherals, whether it's a, a lighting system from Lutron or you know, some other type of device out there, a Blu-ray player or TV from Samsung or LG or one of these other companies, um, it in itself has a certain knowledge behind it. So no, this is actually gonna not take away anything from profitability. So, so, so you're saying that their expertise really is not in the, the fact that they know the language, it's the fact that they understand how to make the connections and visually make the- Exactly, and so the only difference now is they're learning it. So yeah, can you take a person straight out of college Sure you can, but they still got to understand how the whole system comes together. That takes experience. That takes knowledge. That also takes knowing what not to do sometimes, not just knowing what to do. So there, have there you is, reached out to that community yet? Because there's a lot of LinkedIn groups, boards and stuff, because uh, I'm curious as to how their reaction to this has been. Uh, it's actually been positive. Um, they see the bigger picture and plus it opens them up because once they learn a language like this, they they're not limited to just a control anymore. They could do websites. They could do internal infrastructures with other um, web-based uh, control engines. And here's another thing I wanted to bring up, by the way. <coughs> so one of the things that I, I, I can also announce on here, which is a first official announcement, I guess, on Rave, 
But uh, I'm pleased to say that recently I've been uh, named the chair of the HD Base T AV workgroup. Okay. And so part of my duties is not only defining HD Base T IP uh, in addition to other HD Base T elements, but it's to do whatever we can once again to benefit the industry. One element of what we're doing is these syntax and protocols that we're putting into place is going to be a subsection of the HD Base T standardization. Uh, we've also been in talks with SDVOE and they're very receptive to the same exact thing. So, so you're saying that their control protocols could lit literally be this new standard? It is, yeah. correct. Could there be, well, here's the beauty. It, there's a difference between having a language and a syntax. Because once you have a syntax of how it's got to look, for example, yeah. serial comma one comma 9600, just you know, for those of you who understand it out there, to just make a, uh, a statement to trigger a serial port one at 9600 board, once you know what that format should look like and you standardize that through the, uh, through the ruling bodies, then technically it's not even about JavaScript. You could use Perl, you can use Python, you can use anything you want as long as you follow the syntax. We happen to chose uh, JavaScript because if people already have to know JavaScript to use it for web language, why learn another thing for the server side? Um, so it, it just made a lot of sense to use it. Plus it just happens to run really fast on embedded systems uh, as a scripting engine. So we're not new to scripting engines. We've been doing scripting engines for well over like 15, 16 years with our original control engine when there wasn't even any type of um, scripting language. It was our own, but now we're just using one that's used by millions, not by thousands. And that's a big difference too is reliability. Think about it. The engine that I'm using, which is Node.js, okay? That's used by how many people out there? How robust is that thing compared to what? a company in a small little industry such as ours that sells to thousands of people, I get the entire world looking at the engine that drives this and all we're doing is pushing the code into it and wrapping it with an event manager. So from a reliability standpoint, if you really think about part of this, we don't have to reinvent the wheel here. It's already been invented for us and already out there all these years. The only difference is we're bringing it to light and allowing people to actually use this. So you say what you're saying is that you're not, you're not reinventing control. You're just adapting your way of control to an industry standard by, by using JavaScript. Okay. So I, I get it. And I understand the difference between programming and syntax and that's logical. Um, I, I mean, I think that you would agree this is going to be a little bit of an uphill battle just because you said that, you know, capitalism has changed because this is such a big change. Uh, this is going to be an uphill battle. I'm very curious about it. I, I do think that um, people are, the market is sort of ripe for some shifts in the market <coughs> because of how at the same time that you're doing this, we're also shifting from traditional signal routing and distribution to network based signal routing distributions. I think that plays in your favor, but I think also, and I think you would agree with this to, for it to be successful, um, you know, in a big way, you're going to have to get some other manufacturers to, to adopt it. Even companies that are competing with you on the signal routing and distribution side which we welcome them. We're actually totally fine with that. That The whole point is to free up the industry. I know it sounds like, wow, that's odd that they would just give this away. Um, no, it's not that odd. I mean, if you don't own the market to begin with, then what do we have to lose by giving it away? <laughs> that's so, like, an interesting way of looking at it. And by the way, speaking of promotions, at Infocom, we'll be announcing a promotion where we're actually going to, when you buy a certain amount of our IP units in a system, we're going to give away the control for free. So think of it this way. We've eliminated the need for that control box outside of the AV system, and you don't even need it now. So um, that card will do it, and we're going to give it away as a promotion for free 
uh, when you buy a certain amount of systems from us. So yeah, we're actually going to give away control for free. So we'll see if our competitors step up to that and give away their control for free. Uh, so it's going to get very interesting out there how this all works. But I will tell you this, if you look at history, whenever someone's done something like this, they always win. Now, hopefully I'm proven right on this. If I'm proven wrong, well, like I said, I end up with an engine anyway. Uh, so it's a win-win for me. But look at VHS versus, um, versus beta. Yeah. And in that case, VHS was the lesser of the technologies, but they won because they weren't held by one company. Right. They allowed multiple companies to make their derivatives. This one had a blue flashing 12. That one had a red flashing 12. Got to bring up the flashing 12. It's a classic. Because <laughs> no one ever changed it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm actually thinking of bringing the product back and purposely putting a flashing 12 on <laughs> front of it. Just for laughs. You got, it's, come on, it's funny. You got to just do that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, if you look at that, they won simply because popularity and that is what a standard is. A standard is popularity. It's, it's not about what it, uh, a, whether it's HD based T or SDVOE or myself does at the end of the day, how many people use it. And that's what people deem a standard. So, but if you look throughout history, look, windows beat Apple in the main PC market. Why? Cause they allowed multiple vendors to support their product. Apple didn't. Uh, same thing goes, like I said, the Android iPhone. They own the market now. It started off slow, took a while, and we're not saying it's going to be an overnight success story. But after a few years, what happened? Android's now uh, considered a very potent, very powerful platform that caught up and surpassed the iOS very quickly from the derivatives. And that's because they have a lot of people contributing to it. Not just one company, but many companies. So it's going to open up a lot of... Um, new ideas is going to open up a lot of new types of interfaces and ingenuity. It's really going to open up the doors to something that's just never been seen before that is going to be available on so many different pathways. And, um, do you, you, do you like having, uh, being beat up by your competition constantly? <laughs> because last time you and I talked, it was all about the 10 gig versus one gig options. Right. Now, now it's like, let's beat them up on control. Uh, do you have sort of like a, uh, do you have sort of like a, uh, a natural tendency to just be, uh, you know, to just be okay with just ever, having everyone take shots? <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, it's funny. I used to sit in the background and just do our thing. And recently, as you're aware from that video, we were attacked, um, didn't take kindly to it. Um, so we're not going to just sit here just letting people make false claims or, you know, beat on us. We're going to answer back. So they make claims. They do things uh, that we're not in the industry that we're not very appreciative. So you're going to pick that type of a fight. You're going to get what you ask for. So, um, yeah, they're going to give away some of their product. We'll give away some of ours. It's just how it works. That's, that's competition. Um, but, no, normally we don't do this. Uh, but if somebody comes after us, we have no problem saying, okay, bring it on. We'll We'll do our part. You do your part. Realistically, we actually like to work with everybody. I love AMX, Extron, um, Atlona. They're all great companies. We get no ill will against any of our competitors. There's a lot of work out there. So we're not looking to take over the world and do whatever. But what we are trying to do is make our part, do our thing, lead by example to fix the industry and bring back profitability, productivity, ingenuity, things that seem to have fell once the whole digital age came in and everybody just gave it away to online sales. We want to bring that back. We want to protect the industry. This isn't just a lot of talk. This literally has been what we've been talking about from Aurora as our core of who we are. Um, yeah, we'll make our money, but we're going to make our money because they like what we do, not just because we demand you to do it. That's not a good way to do business. 
So I know some companies demand of it and demand the loyalty from it. We're not like that. We're going to use this because we made a good case of why our product is better. And if we can't make that case, then guess what? We need to step up and do it better. So that's a, it's a big philosophy in our company uh, to do that. By the way, for your entertainment, we did make another video. You got to go to that Aurora, uh, Aurora, uh, mm.com forward slash truth where the original one is, then do a forward slash VLX. And there's a new entertaining video there where uh, we just, where we uh, dispel the claim by our Crestron that they couldn't get our VLX working after hours. Uh, so we uh, showed that, yeah, it took us a minute and 49 seconds. I think it was. Uh, and we got another video coming out uh, this week as well. So we got a few videos that were kind of dispelling some of this nonsense that they've been throwing out there and, uh, you know, basically insulting people's intelligence of what's real out there. Well, I am going to be interested to see your new VLX, uh, key, the, the wall plate, because a 4K, a 4K uh, uh, 10 gig wall plate is going to be interesting. I think yeah, that one's the IPX, by the way. Oh, IPX. Okay. So I, sorry, I missed the IPX. And th by the way, can you put that back up? Does that have a fan in it? Is that what those vents are? Oh, actually, um, I know it's hard to see that? the camera does it. That's actually a heat sink. Oh, okay. All so right, you've so got to get rid of the heat some way. And yeah. we figure if it should, any reason it gets too hot, it doubles up as a griddle and we can cook on it. <laughs> um, so we got a backup plan in the case it, for whatever reason we need to. So nonstick surface, copper, by the way. <laughs> so uh, what cooks better than copper? Now, in all seriousness, though, it doesn't get hot where you're going to burn your hand on it. Yeah. But it is the first one. Our first generation had a, a little fan on it. And, uh, you know, people used it, but hey, if I can get rid of the fan, I will. Actually, our new TC3 series tries to get rid of the fan altogether on 10 gig. Um, so uh, the TC3, when it's all the final testing's done, it should be fanless. Um, so, right, so you'll be you'll be in the Central Hall booth, 2146. Of course, yep. you can get Aurora MM.com, either one. Uh, Truth. Uh, to see the video. I'm, I'll, I'll go watch the new video up there. Uh, and uh, Paul, I really appreciate it. It's always fun to talk to you because you're, the passion definitely shows through. People say that I'm passionate about the industry, but I would argue that you're more passionate about the industry. So uh, maybe it's because you're younger than me. I don't know. But I don't know about that. I'm up there. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate you joining me today. And of course, I appreciate everyone watching. Um, and, uh, you know, Hey, go by the booth. You got to check this out. And it would be interesting to see if this gets adopted, especially if you can convince your competition to adopt it. That's going to be interesting as well. They're all welcome to contact me anytime. Well, thanks again. Thanks for watching and everyone have a great day. And remind, just a reminder, we're using all Tascam podcasting stuff. That's why it sounds so great. Thanks.